next on the 5 o'clock report. Iran has got to be isolated. You're the luckiest man on the face of the earth. The jobs report was so strong. We have gone back to 2020. I didn't realize that it was an airplane. We are standing firmly against crime. Why did these four individuals be released on their own? Glad tidings on this Groundhog Day. Now, let's go to the newsroom. Good afternoon and welcome to the broadcast. I'm Family Life News anchor Sarah Harnish. Honoring the brave in Dover, Delaware, the military held a solemn ceremony this afternoon to remember the three soldiers killed in Jordan. CBS reporter Linda Kenyon covers it. Silence enveloped the tarmac as the cases were removed from the back of a C-5 transport plane to a waiting van. This dignified transfer, with all the precision and respect befitting those who died in service to their country, was a gripping and hard wrenching scene. President Biden watched in evident grief as the flag-draped cases carried by white-gloved military pallbearers were slowly loaded into the van one by one. And then the pallbearers turned in unison, raised their final salute as the van crept away into the cloudy gloom. The Family Life newsroom has just gotten word that the U.S. has launched retaliatory strikes on Iranian-backed targets in Iraq in Syria. Former CIA Director John Brennan says this is just the first phase. What we're seeing right now is the beginning of what I think is going to be a very forceful demonstration of U.S. military might. The strikes come after a drone attack from Iranian-backed militias that led to the deaths of those three U.S. service members in Jordan. Missouri Senator Josh Hawley says President Biden needs to get tougher on Iran. Frankly, this administration's helped them economically. We've got to reverse that. Iran has got to be isolated. We've got to also build up our Gulf state partners in Israel to be able to withstand Iran and keep them in their Box. Actor Carl Weathers has died. He played Apollo Creed in the Rocky movies. You're the luckiest man on the face of the earth. I want you to know that, Stallion. I look lucky. Look, nobody goes a distance with me. Get up out of that chair, Chubb, and let's finish this fight right now. He was 76 years old. The government says employers added 350,000 jobs last month. The jobs report was so strong and the economy remains solid that it is unlikely that the Federal Reserve would shift interest rates from where they are right now at five and a quarter to five and a half percent. The Fed is looking for job growth to slow down, wage growth to slow down, and for inflation to continue dropping. The number is twice what Wall Street was expecting. The unemployment rate last month remained unchanged at 3.7 percent. The first Democratic primary of the year is tomorrow in South Carolina. Joe Biden on deck. Candidates running for elected office this year would be wise to hone in on older voters. Beth Finkel says so. She's with AARP New York. York. We have gone back to 2020 and over and over again, it is the 50 plus who's the most significant voter. As a matter of fact, in last year's election, 80 percent of the voters were over 50. So again, when you're looking for votes, you got to go where they are. Finkel says women voters over 50 are the most likely to cast ballots in elections. Authorities in Clearwater, Florida, say three people were killed when a small plane crashed into a mobile home park overnight. The pilot and two people on the ground are dead. This man lives nearby. I didn't realize that it was an airplane that was losing power. 
And then I heard a crash. The pilot had reported engine trouble. Some of those illegal immigrants responsible for the Times Square attack on two New York City cops are believed to have boarded a bus for California. They were let loose by Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg after assaulting the officers last weekend. Kathy Hochul held a press conference this afternoon. She said she is committed to fighting crime, even crime from people here illegally. We are standing firmly against crime, protect the people of our state, and make public safety our shared mission so all New Yorkers can have that sense of security that they deserve. But Patrick Henry, the president of the NYPD Benevolent Association, does not think her system is working. Why did these four individuals be released on their own recognizance? Why aren't they in jail right now? They brutally attacked a New York City police officer and a lieutenant. Our criminal justice system is upside down. The suspects were captured on video making obscene gestures to TV crews after their release. The officers were kicked and punched by a mob of migrants on Saturday. The U.S. Senate could vote next week on a bipartisan immigration bill. Oklahoma Senator James Lankford says there's a lot of misinformation out there about what's contained in the package. There's lots of things that are out there that are just patently false. For instance, this ongoing thing that this allows 5,000 people in a day every day and checks them in. There's no way that's in the bill. Number one, I would never agree to that. Here's North Dakota Senator Kevin Kramer. I, like everybody else, really am anxious to see the actual text of the bill because in something as complicated as immigration, every word matters. What I worry the most about in this is that Chuck Schumer is going to rush to a vote and that will absolutely blow up any confidence people have in the process itself. Speaker Mike Johnson says the bill is dead on arrival in the House. Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg is denying reports that link mental health issues with social media use. Here's what he told a Senate panel this week. Mental health is a complex issue, and the existing body of scientific work has not shown a causal link between using social media and young people having worse mental health outcomes. Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton disagrees. If you look at the prevalence of mental health challenges with America's youth, it spikes about 10 or 12 years ago. And what happened 10 or 12 years ago, you had the widespread adoption of smartphones and the explosion of social media among America's youth. A recent Surgeon General report shows a direct correlation between time spent on social social media, and mental health problems in kids. Still to come on the 5 o'clock report, a look at both state capitals with our Capital Connection crew. And if you missed it, Punxsutawney Phil made his prediction today on the length of winter. But first, weather with Kevin Williams. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. Cloudy for most of the night tonight. And there'll be a couple of flurries around, especially in central New York and the Finger Lakes, widely scattered. The low temperature, 23 to 28. Saturday, some leftover cloud cover in the morning, and then becoming partly sunny with a high temperature of 36 to 41. On Sunday, partly sunny, pleasant for this time of year. High temperature Sunday, mid-30s to the middle 40s. Thank you, Kevin. Every Friday, we come to you with news from the capitals of Pennsylvania and New York from a biblical worldview. It's called Capital Connection. Let's listen in. There was uh, huge rallies all week long in Albany. Uh, Among them, uh, criminal justice reform activists. Uh, We've talked about things like elder parole and clean slate legislation. What are these reforms that they are clamoring for? And with this being an election year where every single seat in the state legislature is up for grabs, 
what are the chances that some of these reforms will actually get adopted? Well, at the end of the day, I think these are uh, priorities by the Democratic majority that prioritize the rights of the criminal over the victim. For example, elder parole, uh, it would allow convicts that are, are in prison to, at age 55, be released early from their sentences. Well, at 55, you can still be a great danger to society, and so we do have some concerns. Do I think there are some uh, reforms that can occur in our criminal justice system? Absolutely. Um, but I just uh, cannot get over how far and how fast the Democratic majority goes to aid the criminal over the victim in this state. Michael, let's switch gears a little bit. You mentioned Governor Shapiro. He's going to be taking the wraps off his big budget address on Tuesday. What are you expecting to hear? What are you expecting not to hear from the governor? Well, it would be nice uh, for the governor to issue an apology for last year's budget debacle. It took months to complete, and he uh, reneged on a couple of promises and negotiations that he had made with the state Senate on school choice and on alternatives to abortion funding. Uh, What we expect, though, is a a big focus on education, both in higher education with some connecting the community colleges with the state-owned universities. That would be part of it. Another thing that we expect but don't know for sure that he'll talk about is legalization of marijuana. He put that in last year's budget, never made a mention of it in his budget address. So people are kind of wondering, will that happen this time? And that's a fight we anticipate. Gotcha. And again, the, the leaky ceiling's still not fixed, so they're, they're not going to have it in the in the House chamber, from what I hear. Uh, right. That must be some leak there in Harrisburg. <laughs> uh, Jason, uh, this month there is a big race downstate to fill a congressional seat that once was held by a guy named George Santos. Interesting to see, you know, don't want to read too much into the tea leaves here, but what does does the Mozzie Pillip Tom Swazi contest say about voters in this 2024 presidential election? Well, we're about to find out. Uh, you know, <laughs> if uh, the Republicans should emerge and be victorious in this largely suburban district, it may indicate that Long Island is still leaning Republican. Uh, if it goes with Mr. Swazi, who is a former congressman and frankly is probably the front runner in this race, mm-hmm. uh, then Republicans are going to have to pay a whole lot more attention to those suburban districts. My understanding is that Mozzie Pillip is pulling slightly below the congressman at the moment, but she seems to be surging at the right moment. And that may indicate not only uh, where voters are leading, but how effective the campaigns will be with early voting, voting by mail, driving out their votes. We're going to see if these campaigns are up to what it takes to win races here in the Empire State. Gotcha. Again, that uh, contest, February 13th, uh, downstate New York 3. We'll see how it goes. Michael, uh, speaking of elections and such, the Pennsylvania Freedom Caucus has sued Governor Shapiro over the use of exactly executive authority when it comes to election issues. What's the issue here? And uh, do you think this uh, lawsuit has a chance? Well, the 24 legislators that are part of the lawsuit certainly believe they do. And the premise of the case is that the law puts the authority to govern elections squarely in the hands of the General Assembly. And uh, they're not only going after Josh Shapiro, but also the Biden administration in terms of executive actions that they have taken to distort Pennsylvania elections. For example, last year, uh, Governor Shapiro mandated automatic voter registration when people sign up for driver's licenses, Mm -hmm. something that some lawmakers had attempted to do over years in the General Assembly and failed to do. And for the executive branch to then just simply take that authority from the legislature is the reason why this lawsuit is happening. Gotcha. Well, Jason, this year is the first year that New York's going to allow public financing of political campaigns. These are small donations from individuals who live in the district that the candidate represents. Do you support the use of taxpayer dollars to fund these sorts of political campaigns? 
Well, yes and no. I do not support uh, public campaign financing. I am not a fan of it. However, it is the law in New York now. And so I'm not critical of candidates that are participating in the program because if they do not, they are completely going to get smoked by those that are participating. This is a situation where a small dollar donation can be matched 12 to 1 in some cases. Well, a candidate just can't afford to compete uh, against an opponent who's going to have 12 times their campaign cash. Yeah. What was the motivation for this law? Yeah, the thought is it will help um, lesser known or smaller candidates be able to find easier access to the ballot. The problem is they're also allowing it for incumbents. Well, there's lots of problems. They're also allowing yeah. uh, this, you know, being paid for by taxpayers, which shouldn't happen. But essentially, the incumbent will have the same rights as the opponent, and that incumbent is probably much more likely to quickly raise that cash. You're also going to see consultants that will be propping up candidates that really don't have a real shot and aren't even that interested in winning, just to go ahead and get contracts. So there's a whole lot of problems with public campaign financing. You can hear more of Capital Connection online anytime at familylife.org. Today is Groundhog Day. Hi, I'm Rob West with the Faith and Finance Minute. Maybe you've seen the film Groundhog Day about a TV weatherman who has to live the same day over and over and over again until he learns an important lesson. Unfortunately, many of us are like that when it comes to money. We repeat the cycle of earning and spending, but never seem to get ahead in our finances. Well, there's a lesson to be learned. It's a simple lesson, but not always easy to implement. The lesson is... Spend less than you earn over an extended period. If you spend everything that comes in, you'll stay stuck in your own Groundhog Day scenario. But when you live on less than you make, you can grow your savings and improve your financial health and stability. Get biblical answers to your financial questions in the FaithFi community. Download FaithFi, Faith and Finance in your app store or visit faithfi.com. Coming up on the 5 o'clock report, Phil has made his groundhog prediction on the length of winter. We'll talk to our in-house meteorologist first and then Pennsylvania's most famous rodent. This is Family Life News. Well, the weekend weather shapes up rather well for this time of year. The front that brought a little pesky precipitation today is moving away. And the weekend will feature at least some sun, moderate temperatures, and no precipitation. So our call for tonight, there'll still be a couple of flurries around this evening. Otherwise, lots of cloud cover, low temps, 20s. Tomorrow starts with cloud cover, but becomes partly sunny, high in the 30s to near 40. High temperature Sunday, mid-30s to the middle 40s. Thank you, Kevin. Finally at 5, a record 40 to 50,000 showed up today in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, where the world's most famous and furry weather forecaster made his yearly prediction on whether or not we'll have an early spring. Here's the call from Gobbler's Knob. What this weather did not provide is a shadow or reason to hide. Glad tidings on this Groundhog Day! An early spring is on the way! For just the 21st time in his 138 years of predicting the weather, Punxsutawney Phil did not see his shadow, which, of course, in Groundhog Ease means an early spring. And that's the world that we live in for Friday, the 2nd of February. I'm Sarah Harnish, and this is the 5 o'clock report on Family Life.